after one God. Amen. Christ is risen. Today is the fifth Sunday of the Holy 50 Days. And it's the Sunday actually right before uh, the, Feast of the, the Feast of the Ascension, which we'll celebrate on Thursday. The Feast of the Ascension is always celebrated 40 days after the Feast of the Resurrection. So since the Resurrection is always on a Sunday, then Ascension uh, is always on a Thursday. That's why the, we'll have a liturgy uh, this week on Thursday. Before the Feast of the Ascension, our Mother of the Church prepares for us a reading in which our Lord Jesus Christ says He's going to go to prepare a place for the disciples. This is from John chapter 14. In John chapter 13, you can to get some context of why He's saying what He's saying. Our Lord Jesus Christ is washing the feet of the disciples. He tells them that somebody's going to betray Him. And then He warns St. Peter about the fact that He's going to deny Him. This is why the chapter begins with, let not your heart be troubled. The disciples are obviously shocked to hear that one of them is going to betray them, the people that were supposed to be among their friends, the people who were supposed to be closest to Christ, and actually the most vocal member of the disciples, our Lord Jesus Christ is saying that He's going to deny Him. So because of this, our Lord Jesus Christ, He is reassuring them that He is leaving them for a purpose. And this purpose is to prepare a place for them. He says in verse 2, my, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. The word that's translated mansions in our New King James Bible is a, is a Greek word that literally just means a dwelling place. The same word actually is used many times in the New Testament. St. Paul in 2 Corinthians says, For we know that if our earthly house this tent is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So that same word for mansions that our Lord Jesus Christ uses, St. Paul uses here to speak about ourselves. And if you remember in the Gospels before, our Lord Jesus Christ called His own body the temple. Right? When He said, I'm going to destroy this temple in three days and build it up. So while most of the time when we sort of hear this passage, we read this scripture, we think, or we envision Christ sort of ascending into heaven and maybe getting hammers and nails and building a building for us to sort of be ready for us uh, in eternal life. There's something more and something deeper that our Lord Jesus Christ is meaning here. One of the church fathers, Tertullian, he says that because our flesh suffers disillusion through his sufferings, we will be provided a home in heaven. And by that home, Tertullian is sort of referring to the resurrected flesh. The new body that's going to be prepared for us at the resurrection of the flesh after the judgment day. St. Cyril of Alexandria actually goes even further than that. He says something super interesting. He says, Our Lord Jesus Christ says, In my Father's house there are many mansions. So if He's saying that, when He's saying He's leaving to prepare a place for us, He can't possibly mean that He's preparing homes for the saints because He says the mansions are already there. So St. Cyril says, our Lord Jesus Christ is already saying the mansions are there. So what is He going to prepare? What is our Lord Jesus Christ trying to prepare? St. Cyril says He doesn't mean that He is departing to sort of make homes for the people. He's saying He's leaving in order to secure the way, to prepare a passage for safety, to smooth the paths that were impassable prior to the resurrection. St. Cyril tells us that before the Incarnation, heaven is completely inaccessible to humans. No flesh ever traveled into the realm of angels. But Christ was the first to do this. He consecrated for us, St. Cyril says, He consecrated for us the means of access to Himself 
and granted to flesh a way of entrance into heaven. St. Cyril explains that Christ didn't ascend to sort of prove himself in the presence of God the Father. He always was, is, and will be in the bosom of the Father. Instead, he ascended in human form, in the flesh, so that he can appear in heaven in the flesh for our, our sakes. So that even though he's a man, while still being the Son of God, he can fulfill the psalm that says, sit at my right hand, by sort of transferring that glory that's his to us through adoption to the entire human race. He's consubstantial or the same essence of the Father and also consubstantial with us. Right? We say in the Creed that he is light of light, true God of true God. And he presents himself in heaven as man to God the Father on our behalf to restore mankind. Because we were removed from the Father's presence because of sin, because of transgression. That's why later in the passage, we see our Lord Jesus Christ saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the only one who can prepare the way. Because it's not simply just getting a place ready. He is the first fruits of the resurrection. When he uses images of my father's house, what are the disciples hearing him say? If you think back, we read in the Gospel of St. Luke that when our Lord Jesus Christ was young, when he was 12 years old, and he went to the temple, and he got lost in the temple, or his parents lost him in the temple. And they eventually found him, and they said that he was sort of debating with the teachers of the law. What did he tell his parents when his parents said, where are you and why weren't you with us? He said, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? When the Jews spoke about the house of God, or the house of the Lord, they thought, first of all, about the temple. That's what they were thinking. For them, that's where the place where God lived among the people. That's where the people went to celebrate, to offer Him sacrifices, to be with God, to encounter God. And as a child, even our Lord Jesus Christ spoke this way. The temple was His Father's house. So for the Jewish people, it was their sacred place where sort of heaven and earth meet. It was the place where the spiritual world, where God and the angels dwell, touches the sort of the physical world where we as bodily humans live. When our Lord Jesus Christ was ministering for three years, over the time He became increasingly critical about the temple, about its rituals, about the leaders who were leading temple worship. He made it clear that actually God didn't live in the temple. He said actually that they made it a den of thieves. When our Lord Jesus Christ came, He was called what? He was called Emmanuel, God with us. And St. John writes about this in his prologue in the Gospel. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling, that same word dwelling, the same word as mansions, made His dwelling among us. So see, God became flesh and our Lord Jesus Christ. So in Him, in Christ, heaven and earth are meeting. He is the new temple that made the old temple with the sacrifices and the rituals obsolete. God made His dwelling among us in Christ. But in John chapter 14, our Lord Jesus Christ is looking to the future, to a time where He's not going to be with His disciples anymore, or at least not be with them in a physical sense, in the body. A time that was going to come for them very soon. So the question is, what did He mean to say to His disciples? How did He want to be understood? 
One, one thing, as, I, as he mentioned, he's preparing something. What is he preparing? He said he's preparing the church to receive the Holy Spirit. Where did the Holy Spirit take its, his dwelling? Where does the Holy Spirit take his dwelling? In those who believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. St. Paul says this, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? And in Ephesians he says, And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. So where is my Father's house? First of all, it is the body of Christ, the church, the communion of saints. It's in the community of the believers. The place where heaven and earth meet because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, lives in us as individual Christians and in the church itself. Even in the end chapters of the book of Revelation, which speaks of the last times and Judgment Day and all these things when our Lord Jesus Christ is going to return in His resurrected and glorified body. It talks about a new heaven and a new earth. What does St. John hear from this voice from heaven? He says, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and He will dwell with them. The voice doesn't say, look, the people's dwelling place is now with God in heaven. There's a difference. It says, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. There's a big difference. Primarily, we are not going to where God is, but God comes to where we are. He came to dwell among the people in the body, in His incarnation. And He came to dwell among His people in the Spirit in Pentecost, which we're going to celebrate very soon. Many of us, sort of as members of the church, would think, well, the body of Christ sometimes feels very far from heaven. We may be orthodox, but that doesn't mean that makes us perfect. Not as individuals and not as a community. There's sometimes hurt and conflict and hatred and abuse between those who make up the body of Christ. This is reality. We may have the Holy Spirit in our hearts, but that doesn't mean that we actually allow Him to have full control over our lives. In fact, most of us are probably very far from that. But we live right now in the middle of this tension that characterizes the Kingdom of God. Tension between that the Kingdom of God is here already, but still not complete yet. It's here already as sort of a seed that's still in the ground, kind of like a small plant. But there will come a time, there will come a time when we become fully a new creation, when the old has completely passed away. That's what will happen on the resurrection, the second coming, the day of the Lord. What we often think of as heaven, perfect union with God, perfection of our lives, life without sin or tears or death, that's going to be the final dwelling that our Lord Jesus Christ left to prepare for us, the new Jerusalem that will come down from heaven and when we will live in the light of God's presence forever. So as we look forward to sort of this life of perfection, we, we can't forget that the journey itself is important. We're not called to sort of withdraw from the world, to stay away from the place in which we live and just wait for heaven to come down. Or for just wait for our spirits to go to heaven when we die. If our Lord Jesus Christ tells us today that no one comes to the Father except through me, then we have a role to play. 
We have to put on the mind of Christ by allowing the Word of God to shape our thoughts. We talk, participate in the sacramental life of the church. We receive grace as we struggle to become partakers of the divine nature. But we do all of this with the hope that Christ's incarnation, His death, His resurrection, His ascension was done with the explicit purpose of our salvation. He desires our salvation. He wants us to be united with Him. That was the last part of his last prayer that he prayed towards the end of the Gospel of St. John. We worship a God that only wants good for us. So when we struggle, when we fall short, when we feel discouraged, we can remember that He's the one who took the first step. He became the first fruit of the resurrection so that He could be raised up in the body that is controlled by fleshly desires to become a new creation so that we can become that same new creation designed only to be with Him and in Him. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.